Here we are in week three of a series in which we are focusing on the fact that this is the time of Emmanuel, God with us. And we've looked at God with us in the valley, God with us in the wilderness, and this morning we look at God with us in the storm. You know, the Met Office have been naming storms since 2015. They made the fatal mistake at the beginning of asking the great British public to suggest names for the storms. Those of you who have heard about Boaty McBoatface will know exactly what has happened. Uh, rejected names include Storm Apocalypse, Storm Baldrick, Storm Vader, Megatron, here's one I like, Storm in a Teacup, <laughs> and Storm Noddy. But now we're, of course, alternating male and female names. 2022, Storm Eunice was the strongest storm to hit the UK for many years with a record gust speed of 122 miles an hour. Storms are immensely powerful things. And a storm can blow up out of the blue. We can see on the news people being interviewed, can't we? I was just looking out of my window and it was raining and raining and raining. And then suddenly the river had overtopped its banks and the water was flooding down and through the house a meter high. A storm and its effects on people's lives and homes can last for years and years. I'd like to play you a wonderful piece of music this morning. It's a song from Les Miserables. It's sung by a young girl called Fantine, who has had a stormy life, to say the least, starting off with all sorts of hopes and dreams and gradually finding those being crushed until she ends up on the streets of 18th century Paris. So listen to Anne Hathaway singing, I Dreamed a Dream. There was a time when men were kind when their voices were soft when their words inviting there was a time when love was bright and the world was a song and the song was exciting there was a time And it all went wrong. I dreamed a dream in time gone by, and hope was high and life worth. I dreamed that love would never die I dreamed that God would be fond of me And I was young and unafraid So dreams remain used no ransom to be paid 
their voices soft as thunder as they tear your home apart as they turn your dream to That's Anne Hathaway, and that's the way to win an Oscar. And you know, this is where we need to be so careful, don't we? Not just to reduce our messages and our thinking to just a list of comfy Christian metaphors. A wilderness, a valley, a storm. We're actually talking here about the sorts of things that life throws at real people. It's said that most of us are either recovering from a storm or in one, or there's one just around the corner. I'm sure the people of Gaza and Israel had no idea just two months ago what their lives would be like today. So what is your, your storm experience? Many of us have been blessed by God with relatively storm-free lives, but none of us knows what the future holds. It may be the storm of a sudden bereavement, of a life-changing diagnosis. It's a car accident. It's a husband or wife who comes home one afternoon and says, I don't want to live with you anymore. The loss of a job, a financial disaster that we never saw coming. And for others, it can be like a long, drawn-out storm. 
things from the past and anxieties about the future that take our lives in a downward spiral. Like Fantine, from living, hopeful, normal, happy lives, we find ourselves going through a living nightmare. And the effects of a storm like this can roll on and on and affect our lives for years. There are stories like this, true stories of storms right across our city, right across our church, right through our families. They happen to people like us, the sort of people we meet every week, the sort of people that Hazel and the team at Cedar House see every single day. And the title of our series is Emmanuel, God with us. How does that work? Let's look at the time the disciples found themselves in a storm. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got in the boat with Jesus and soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. And the Bible tells us Jesus was sleeping at the back and the disciples went and woke him up, said, teacher, don't you care we're going to drown? And Jesus woke up and it says he rebuked the wind and the waves and said, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Just three words. Just three words are enough for Jesus to still that storm. He's in total control. Like someone with a bunch of boisterous kids just saying, hey, behave yourselves. Jesus can do that to a storm. And you know, immediately after that, there is a great calm. That in itself is a miracle. Do you know anything about seas? Well, I don't know a lot. But if the wind is blowing and the seas are high and there are big waves, the, wi the, sun, sorry, the wind can stop, but the waves don't go away straight away. But when Jesus stills the storm, everything is quiet. All is still. And that's why the disciples ask, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Well, we know. We know that Jesus is the creator of the world and that Jesus has power over absolutely everything. So how encouraging, how great for the disciples to be able to tap Jesus on the shoulder and say, hey, we're drowning here, just so as you know. But it was different for the disciples because they had Jesus in the boat with them. Physically, Jesus is there. There's a lovely little moment, if you go through the whole reading, that Jesus was lying in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. That is the sort of first-hand account given by somebody who's really seen it happen. Jesus was physically there in the boat. It was so easy for them. But usually when we are in a storm, we don't have Jesus physically there to reach out to. In fact, when things are bad, we can start to doubt that God is actually with us at all. It's very understanding when we're in a storm, isn't it? Understandable that we could say, where's God in all of this? Why does God allow this to happen? Why doesn't God do anything? In fact, is God there at all? 
Craig Groeschel from Life Church over in America has a great uh, saying. He says this, never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. In fact, it's within the storm. It's in the storm that we need him the most. Pete Gregg, uh, Reverend Pete Gregg, writes about a time when his wife was very ill and they were not sure that she would survive. And as a family, they prayed about things and nothing seemed to be getting any better. And he became angry and actually was getting to the stage of questioning his faith. And his wife asked him a very, very perceptive question. She said, Pete, how exactly do you think that ceasing to believe in God is going to help our situation right now? You see, we have a choice, don't we? We can choose to believe that God is there, or we can give up and decide that there's no one there, which is the better. We can believe that it's all just random chance and bad luck, and that we have no hope and no help in the storms of life. Or we can choose in faith to reach out, reach out in faith to God. To believe his promises, to believe that he is there and that he cares. God doesn't always rescue us from the storm, but he is always with us in the storm. Our reading today came from the book of Jonah. We may know the story. Jonah running away from God. They get caught in a massive storm and they all start to ask what's happening. In fact, they say, who is causing all this trouble? The crew get together and say, hang on, who's responsible for this mess that we're in? Well, you know, it's not the sailors' fault. They haven't done anything wrong. They've just been operating that ship. And we can sometimes find, can't we, that it's someone else's decisions that are taking us into a storm. It's not our fault if our parents' marriage breaks up. It's not our fault if our bosses mismanage the company and we all lose our jobs. It's not our fault if we're victimized at work or if our parents wreck our family by turning to crime to feed a drug habit. It's not our fault. But the fact is we are still in a storm and we need rescuing. And God says, I'm with you. I'm with you. We can't control our circumstances, but we can decide how we respond to them. And we can ask God to help us as we respond to the storms that come against us. It's not the sailor's fault, but Jonah knows it's actually pretty much his fault. He's brought the storm on himself and he's involved everybody else. And sometimes our own poor decisions bring down a storm on us. Maybe we've made bad relationships and everyone's getting hurt. Maybe we've spoken unwisely or untruthfully and stirred up a big row. Whatever we've done, we need God's spirit to help us to see the truth 
about what we've done, about where we are. We need God's Spirit to help us start the difficult job of rebuilding. It's not the sailor's fault. It's pretty much Jonah's fault. But do you know who's actually sent the storm? It's God. God has actually sent that storm. It says it here. The Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm. God is forcing Jonah to see that for so long as he disobeys God, he's putting himself and everybody else in danger. And thankfully, Jonah sees this. He looks out at that wild, unsurvivable sea, and he says to the sailors something amazing. He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea. You see, Jonah had realized that the only safe place for him was out of that boat. That boat was going in the wrong direction. <coughs> Being in the sea, in that overwhelming storm, was the only safe place. He didn't know what would happen. God didn't promise that he would survive. Jonah only knew that he had to surrender himself to God utterly. And the storm is the place he needs to be to encounter God again. This is a storm with a purpose. And in Jonah 2, we read that Jonah prayed to God from inside the fish. And this is a real prayer. It's not the prayer of someone who's missed the bus or whose Amazon delivery hasn't arrived on time. This is the prayer of someone who genuinely thinks they're drowning. I called to you from the land of the dead. And Lord, you heard me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves, but you, O oh Lord, snatched me from the jaws of death. You see, it's at Jonah's deepest, darkest moment that he finds God again. The storm has a purpose, and all the time God has been with him. And when we're going through it, it may well be that God is using that situation to force us back to be spending time with him, to think about him, to recognize that he is actually there with us all the time. Emmanuel, God with us, has been our theme for these last few weeks, and we've looked at many verses. We've had them all on the screen. But the very name Jesus means Emmanuel, God with us. God says to Joshua, don't be frightened, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. To Isaiah, he says, fear not, for I am with you. Hebrews 13, I will never leave you or forsake you. And Jesus, pretty much final words to his disciples. And look, I will be with you always until the end of the age. Matthew 28. So how is God keeping these promises? Because we don't have a boat. We don't have Jesus sitting in the boat alongside us so that we can reach out and say, hey, it's getting stormy, Lord. How is God with us? And as we close, I'd like to just briefly highlight three, three of many ways in which God can be with us. And the first one is this, as we draw near. 
we can draw near to God, whatever our circumstances, whatever storms are raging around, we can find the time and the place and the space to draw near to God. It's a lovely picture. It comes from James chapter 4, where it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God doesn't force himself on us. But if we snuggle up to him, he will put his arms around us. We can't go and wake Jesus like the disciples did, but we can find that moment, that space to say, Lord, I'm drowning here and I need you. And that is all we need to say for God to start coming close. Psalm 46 says this, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in time of trouble. And therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the sea. Let's learn to draw near to God and experience him drawing near to us. Then secondly, God is with us. He's more than with us. God is within us in the person of his Holy Spirit. Some amazing sayings of Jesus. And this is an incredibly deep area that could keep us here for a week talking about it. But John 14, Jesus says to his disciples, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. You know him because he lives with you now. That's Jesus talking about himself. What an amazing statement. But Jesus says, and later, he will be in you. In John chapter 20, Jesus breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It is possible for human beings, people like us, to receive within us the Holy Spirit of God himself. Paul writes in Romans 8, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. What a statement to make to our friends, to our church. The Holy Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So if you're a Christian here today, no matter how stormy life becomes, no matter how bad it may get, God is with you through his Holy Spirit. Let's reach out. Let's draw near. Let's ask him to make that presence real in us. And finally, and very practically, God can be with us through his people, through the church. Galatians 6 says this, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, we have folk in this fellowship who will tell you that they've been sustained through all sorts of storms by the support and the prayers of God's people. Just ask Dave and Jackie Wiles about the last few months as their three-year-old grandson has quite literally fought for life in hospital. And they will tell you how they've been supported and sustained by the fellowship and the prayers of this church. And you know, this morning is not just about what we might need to get us through a storm. 
it's also very much about God's church, God's people, about us reaching out to folk in all sorts of trouble, to those in the storm, to those whose dreams have been shattered. And here's a question for us. Do we live our well-organized lives carefully insulated from people struggling in the storm? Do we live distant from complicated people, from people with chaotic lives who are going through it? Because it's easy to see it on the television. It's thousands of miles away and it looks appalling. But these are real people facing real storms that we can't even imagine. And God calls on his people, calls on his church to reach out, to start to bear people's burdens, to help people through storms. And God will show each one of us how we might do that. And that's where I think we should leave it this morning. Not just asking the question, Lord, how are you going to help me when things get tricky? I'd like us to be answering, asking the question, how do we, as the powerful church of God, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, how do we reach out and bless people who are going through a storm? 150 years ago, Francis Havergal wrote these words as part of a hymn. Oh, strengthen me, that while I stand firm on the rock and strong in thee, I may stretch out a loving hand to wrestlers with the troubled sea. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Shall we pray? Shall we just reflect and pray for a moment? Lord, we find it easy to slip into the world of metaphors of the valleys and the mountaintops and the wilderness and the storm. But Lord, help us to earth that this morning as we think about real people going through real difficulties, real problems, real heartbreak. And Lord, as we pray for your blessing on us and our families and on this church and our city, Lord, we pray for your safekeeping, for your blessing, we also pray for the ability to be a blessing to those around us. Lord, thank you that we survived the storm because you are with us. Lord, help us to bring you to those still in the storm today. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand.